I'm here to tell you all about Advisor 3.0 Change Agents. The must attend conference for financial planners is happening in London on 18th of May 2023. Sizzling keynote speakers include Baroness Karen Brady, CBE, and the legend that is Seth Godin, plus Ola Abdul and Sean Hegarty. Co-hosted by Abraham Okasanya and Robin Wigglesworth, guests can enjoy an insightful interactive panels, debates, networking, Q&A sessions, and so, so much more. Grab them now at www.timeline.co forward slash advisor 3.0. You're listening to Retirementals. Mentals. My guest today run one of the finest boutique financial planning firms in Oxfordshire, in the old country, uh, in fact. Expert Wealth Management is run by Dom Spalding and Jonathan Ont. Gents, welcome to Retirementals. Thanks, Abraham. Hi, Abraham. For you guys will be known to many of our audience on, on, on the podcast, but... Um, do you guys want to give us a little bit of an introduction um, to who you are and, and tell us a little bit about the business? Uh, a little bit about myself, first of all. Um, uh, I know, I think one of the questions was something around our journey into financial planning and how we, how we managed to find ourselves. Uh, back, back in the uh, early 90s, everyone used to say you never deliberately started a career in financial planning. You just sort of fell into it in some way, shape or form. And that was certainly true for myself. Um, uh, when I left university, I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. I knew I was reasonably good with numbers. I was, did quite well in maths and things like that. So I asked my sister what she did because she had a company car. Uh, I thought that was a good good career to go into if you're going to give you a free <laughs> car to start off with. Uh, and she had, she 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 um, she told me she was a life insurance inspector, as they call it in those days. And I said, oh, that sounds pretty cool. So I, I went and started looking for a job. Um, along those lines and ended up at Friends Provident, where I I met Dominic. Um, I suppose one of my ambitions was once I started calling upon financial planners or back then they were called independent financial advisors, I I thought I started to realise that actually dealing with clients would be quite fun. And at some point I wanted um, uh, wanted to step across into that. Uh, and then after a while in that, I just I, I just thought, gosh, this could be done better, and uh, you know, a, um, better than what we were doing where I was. And uh, I always had a bit of an ambition to open my own business. And a chance meeting with Dom, who I met originally at Friends Provident, and we worked very closely together at Friends Provident. Um, just so happened at the same time as Dom was thinking about starting something, and it was you know almost like we met on the high street and thought, I haven't seen you for a few years. And that's how Expert Well started. Dom, yourself? Yeah, so um, uh, I started in financial services in uh, January 1983, I think. So January next year represents 40 years uh, in this mighty profession of ours. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, where's that time gone? Um, 
So I, I, uh, I used to live in Surrey, born and bred uh, just south of Guildford. And um, uh, my first job in financial services came about as a result of a trip to Guildford Job Centre um, uh, and Friends Provident in Dorking at their head office were looking for staff at the time. Uh, and I applied for a job in uh, what was then the property and mortgage department. Um, uh, I didn't get that job, um, despite being told by the people at the job centre that uh, Friends Provident would, and I quote them, uh, employ anyone. Um, but obviously, <laughs> they didn't employ me to start off with. Um, uh, but I did get offered a job in the income protection department, and I spent a year in Dorking doing various roles in income protection from individual claims to group uh, income protection business administration. Um, and I was traveling from Godalming in Surrey to Dorking every day. And, and I happened to have an appraisal with my line manager and said, look, you know, is there anything closer to home? Because it's, you know, costing me an arm and a leg in fuel to get here every day. Um, and uh, ended up at the Guildford sales office working for a guy called Terry Parfit. Um, started off doing administration, then did a trainee inspector course. And in, uh, I think it would be July 87, um, was appointed as uh, what was then an inspector looking after uh, brokers, as we used to call them in those days, uh, predominantly in Guildford and Woking. Um, uh, and uh, from there, did that for a few years, became what was called a senior inspector. Um, and uh, Jonathan, funnily enough, was one of my first, um, uh, I don't know, would you call him a trainee? I don't know, a uh, trainee that I looked after. Um, it's funny how things change in life, isn't it? But um, anyway, yeah, so he was one of my first trainees. Uh, I spent 16 years at Friends Prov, uh, left in, uh, that would be 99, I think, about a year after John left. Um, and ended up working for an accountancy IFA. Things didn't really work out there, although it was quite a useful introduction. Um, and as John says, a chance encounter, probably somewhere in early 2003, uh, led us to setting up experts. And we started trading in October 2004 uh, from my kitchen table, uh, the same one as is behind me right now. <laughs> That that's incredible. Two thousand and two thousand and four. So that was eighteen years ago, wasn't it? And yeah. if I if I remember the story correctly, there were three of you starting out uh, this this business. How yeah. did three become? How did three become two? <laughs> <laughs> well, this would be. Uh, 2008, 2009, wouldn't it, John? Yeah, about a few months before the financial crisis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it was mid. I think it was mid crisis because I've got a recollection that we parted company with our third director at the end of two thousand and uh, March two thousand and nine. 
Um, so basically, uh, we gave him his uh, stake money back. You know, I think I think we all put you know ten or something thousand pounds into the business at day one. Uh, so we gave him his money back and um, asked him to take his clients with him elsewhere. Um, now, look, obviously, there's there's always two sides to every story, but for us, it was the right thing to do uh, at the time and go go forward, just the two of us. And um, I think in the year after that, bear in mind it's mid-financial crisis, our total revenues for the year were somewhere just north of 300,000. That's, that's, that's incredible. So let's talk about Expert Wealth today. Tell us about the firm, the people, uh, give us some, some numbers, if you can, just to get, give us a sense of where the business is today. Okay, well, I'll kick off and then John can add in some numbers. Uh, so uh, there's two planners, myself and John, two para planners. Uh, then we have three client relationship managers, one trainee client relationship manager, uh, and a practice manager. So there's nine of us all together at the moment. I hope I haven't forgotten anyone. Um, uh, we also have, uh, she's coming back tomorrow. We have an undergraduate that works with us in the school, uh, sorry, in the university breaks, um, who's looking for a career in financial services in future. And we have a uh, work experienced lad from one of the local schools coming in February half term uh, as well. And then we work with outsourced uh, people. So we've got outsourced compliance. Um, yeah, we work with you. We work with Albion. Um, uh, and that's it. Uh, numbers wise, uh, we have uh, just over 180 client families uh, comprising 225 individuals that we look after with assets under advice around about 120, just north of 120 million, uh, you know, depending on where the markets are at at any one time. Yeah, I mean, Don mentioned back in 2008, nine when we lost our um, other director, we were running at about 300,000 pounds, well, 350,000 pounds sort of turnover. Uh, last year, we cracked the million. So that was, that was a good, uh, good milestone. Wow. Um, and I th- and I think um, this this year we um, will go through the the barrier of a million pounds worth of renewal income. So I think that, you know we've we've and and to be fair, we've done that all through complete organic growth. We haven't particularly over the years advertised. Um, I suppose our our strategy for growth really was just um, let's just do a damn good job for people, and they'll refer their friends to us. Um, and it, it seemed to work quite well. I think um, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later on now, but we're, we're, um, we're certainly moving to a different phase of our, our growth, as it were. Um, but to get us where we are, sort of at, around about the million pound mark, and um, we work with Brett Davison. Brett always keeps on telling us the first million is always the hardest. So we'll, we'll see if that's true or not. But certainly you, as you grow and develop, you go through all the different phases, you do, you do meet different challenges. It's sort of like, you know, you, you um, come across different things that different things that you have to deal with as you as you as you go through the different stages of the growth. So uh, in terms of numbers, that's sort of where we are, really. So um, and that's just with the two of us advising, you know, 
we're, we're hoping to bring other people through and not. The one million mark is is uh, is a big milestone, isn't it? For you know, for for an independent for, for any business. I do. I, I was looking at the figures the other day. Um, it was a while ago, and I'm probably going to miss it, but it's something like probably less than certainly less than 20% of companies in the UK uh, have a turnover of more than a million pounds, right? You know, so it, it's a special club to be the, the million pound club, isn't it? It was always, it was always an aspiration um, I, I, for both of us, probably. But I, I remember John several years ago said, oh, you know, we need to get up to a million. And I was like, well, it's just a number. Um, yeah. you know, perhaps that's the the uh, sort of I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's me sort of thinking. Well, is that really possible? Um, you know, bit of self doubt in there, maybe. But you know, the way this um, uh, uh, business works um, is very much on referrals. You know, word of mouth, clients referring clients. Um, you know, and it happens very slowly. Mm. Um, you know, uh, and, and anyway, here we are, you know, we, we're, we're about to push through uh, a million pound recurring revenue, um, which is, uh, you know, which is an, another little step along the way, isn't it? It's another milestone. Um, who knows what's possible in future? Yes, indeed. And, you know, and I'm doing the averages in my head. Those are like, those are incredible, incredible averages. If you, you know, everybody says to me, I, you know, I don't benchmark myself against other financial advisors and all that stuff. That's true, right? But, you know, th there's an African proverb, basically, that says that if someone's going to recommend a fashion style for you, you should look at what they're wearing, basically. Right. So my, my point being that how do we know how do we know who to emulate and who to learn from if we don't look at some of the best and the brightest in, in our profession? And I'm not suggesting that revenue per advisor is just is the only way. Right. Or is the is the BL, be all end all. But it's certainly an important metric if you think that based on what you've just said, you're probably doing, I don't know, four times the average financial advisor. That's that's insane. And mm. you're doing it with mm. four people each in terms of team. And I know that, um, Dom, you've talked before about this diamond team structure that you have. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about the team behind the success and, and why you think that that's, mm. that's important? Mm. Okay. Um, let's go back a bit in time. Um, John mentioned that we work, we work with Brett uh, now. Uh, we, we did his Uncover Your Business Potential three-year course, um, and we finished that. Uh, three years in September 2021. Prior to working with Brett, we worked with Steve Billingham for, for several right. years. 
Um, uh, there's a whole story about how we came to change that and work with Brett. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we started on this journey uh, of changing from a, you know, uh, a financial advisory practice to a financial planning practice back in oh, probably 2011, 2012. Uh, you know, one of the first things we did was engage with Steve Billingham. Uh, then we started working with Albion. You know, we did the whole kinder uh, training courses. Um, you know, there's been a series of, of, of steps and also giant leaps in that, in that time period um, uh, to, you know, to end up with, with where we are now. Um, one of the things we introduced five or even six years ago now was a client advisory board. And several things have happened in the business as a result of input from the advisory board. And one of those uh, was in relation to succession planning. Uh, and the advisory board was saying to us, you know, we, we needed a succession plan. What happens if one of you goes under a bus? What happens if, you know, you have a, an accident on your bike and so forth? Um, and, you know, we, we've had a couple of false dawns on, on that front with the succession plan. But when we're now at the point where, uh, you know, we're more or less at capacity for, for, you know, for the work that John and I are doing. And um, we're working, uh, you know, we have met, we now have two power planners uh, a year or two, uh, well, a year ago or so, we started work on bringing the whole power planning function back in house. Um, uh, and we, we were finding ourselves in a situation where, uh, we were both working with both power planners and it was getting very confusing for clients and very confusing for us. It was clearly very inefficient. Um, and, uh, I'd read about diamond teams uh, on Michael Kitsey's site a while ago. Um, and, uh, I got in touch with Steve Greenfield at dimensional and said, have you got anything on this? And he pointed me to their podcast with Angie Herbers that they'd done. Um, so we, we chatted about it uh, as a management team, myself, John and Sue, um, and we raised it at our client advisory board last, uh, May, June time. And to us, this sounded like a good idea. Um, and we thought, well, let's give it a go. You know, we have to do something. We have to be more efficient. Um, we need to progress our succession planning. We want to be able to offer these young people, you know, good career opportunities in the business. Um, uh, you know, we don't want them, you know, getting to level four and then looking elsewhere or getting to level six and looking elsewhere. So uh, we set up the diamond team structure and that sort of started really in September this year. Uh, and we, we're, we're gradually embedding that in the business now. So, the, the idea of the diamond team is that you have a, a, a lead advisor at, at the top of the diamond supported by an associate or shadow advisor uh, and or power planner and client relationship manager in, in the team. So in terms of succession and, and, and uh, career path for our young people, you know, this gives an opportunity for them 
to you know to come in at, at uh, you know trainee client relationship manager progress to client relationship manager then power planner and then advisor um uh you know if that's what they want to do but equally if it gets to the point where for example they say well actually you know what i'm happy being a power planner you know we we've probably got space for that as well in the business at some point in the future um so so where we are then is we you know we're we're at two diamond teams with two power planners one of whom is going to become a, an associate advisor in in the new year uh, we're just going through the work uh, with FCA to, to get her authorised. Um, and at that point, she'll start advising clients, you know, some of our existing clients with simpler affairs uh, and some new clients as they come through the door. I was just saying part of our journey and part of our experience, I think, um, has been a couple of things, I think, where the Diamond teams are really going to help. One is Dom and I are certainly at very much close to the point where we're completely at, at saturation point in terms of our own capacity, if you like. Um, plus, um, I suppose, as we move forward, there's going to be other things in life that we're going to want to do. And also, I think um, there's a certain amount of our time that needs to focus on building the business now as well. So there's a whole load of um, areas where um, the development of Diamond Teams and hopefully bringing the next generation of people through is going to really help us in those, those causes, as it were. Uh, I think the other thing to add was that we, whilst, whilst we did um, sort of have a vision of where we might like young people to progress through, I don't think it was overly clear to them how that could possibly happen. And certainly in the past, if we're honest with ourselves, we have lost one or two really good young people. Um, and part of the reason, it's not the only reason, there are you know, many other personal reasons and things why people move on, but... But um, part of the reason perhaps was because we didn't have that clear vision. And, and certainly one of the things that Diamond Teams gives people is they can see that they can see that how that progress is going to happen. So like Dom says, one of our power planners are going to start working to become coming towards associate advisors. So young young people below that are starting to say, oh, there's a gap appearing in the power planning department, as it were. And, you know, I can see how I can start to move into that. And, uh, you know, and the wheels keep moving. And I think that all of all of that is going to be extremely positive for us. Yeah, if I can just jump in there as well. Um, yeah, we, we work with um, uh, Adam Owen at Next Gen Planners, uh, who does our, uh, yeah, we've got, we've got two, uh, well, our, our, our most recent recruit, uh, trainee client relationship manager, you know, he's going from level zero to level four. Um, you know, he's a, he's a law graduate. Uh, so no financial services experience before joining us in June this year. Um, so, you know, we're, we're supporting, mentoring uh, and uh, uh, sponsoring his, um, you know, uh, diploma qualifications. We've got uh, a chap that joined us. Uh, so that will be um, three years in February, I think, uh, who's about to finish his level four uh should do that in january uh and uh, so he'll he'll start then you know working as a, a trainee power planner if that's the right terminology uh and we have our two power planners that we're taking from level four to level six all, all through uh you know the next gen um next gen planners uh, uh uh you know qualification framework incredible stuff 
I mean, the thing that keeps jumping at me in all these conversations is really the importance of people in a financial planning business. You know, it, to, to an extent, they are your most important uh, resources, but they are also the hardest to come, you know, to hire, to recruit. What, what would you say the, the biggest challenge is if you just look back over the last decade in terms of bringing people to the business, retaining people in the business? Um, how's that gone so far? Yeah, well, I think um, one, one, of the, one of the beauties, I suppose, of growing organically is that um, you, can, you can remain very close and to your set of values as a business. And that's really important to us, you know, the sense of being a family, that clients are going to feel comfortable in that environment. And like we're look, we all often talk about, we're looking after your money as if we're looking after our own money sort of thing. Uh, and so as you grow organically, I think one of the one of the beauties of that is the fact that you can really maintain value. So as you're recruiting and everything, you can, you'll be thinking along those lines. And I think unless you get that part absolutely right, I think it's incredibly difficult to um, build a successful business that where everybody's singing from the same hymns sheet. You've got a happy camp, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I suppose one of the to answer your question, one of the key challenges in that is as you're growing organically, you don't automatically have the, pro, the, the positions and the jobs available at the time some, some of your people are ready to move into them. And that can be a real challenge. Like some, you've got youngster chomping at the bit, say, to become a power planner. But as a business, you're not quite at the point where you're ready for another power planner, for example. Um, and so, you know, sometimes, mm. sometimes the young people can see the longer term, bigger picture um but uh but sometimes they can't you know so um and 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 hence i think that's probably been one of our biggest challenges and maybe there's an element in that that we haven't recognized it at the time and uh and perhaps could have done more to um uh to uh you know keep the journey going with with those individuals that have left but i i certainly say the biggest challenge is recruitment i mean we are um we are in, uh, oh, not particularly rural Oxfordshire, but we are in Oxfordshire. Uh, we are on the doorstep of London, so there's a can be a quite big pull for people to jump on the train and 45 minutes up to London. Um, so our, our the pool of talent around us is relatively small, if you like, um, and so finding good people that fit into your culture and having a succession plan that you can have that they can see the future of in the business. So I suppose is one of our biggest challenges and the one thing we talk about often and uh, you know and often looking to try and see everything that we can do to um to uh ensure that that that, that journey is a good one for everybody concerned yeah i think uh, i would just add to that that what we're what we're trying to to build is um uh you know the the business um of our dreams if you like uh, with, uh, yeah, we, if we focus on building the business, our view is that the right people will come. Um, you know, if we've got, if we've got the stru the structure for them, uh, and the career opportunity for them, uh, you know, the, the right people will come to us. Um, you know, maybe not immediately, but, uh, you know, they will, they will come. 
So you, you've talked a lot about succession planning, and I, I get that in terms of, you know, succession in terms of client service, bringing new stream of advisors in. Um, how are you thinking about succession in terms of business, in terms of the ownership of, of, of the business? Do you see that changing at all? Um, is that part of the plan? Uh, as Dom says, it's a really interesting question because it's something we've thought more recently, I, I suppose. But up until now, we've been concentrating on building the base of the uh, of the business and um, and getting the business right in terms of all its processes and all those types of things that you have to do to make sure you've got a, a business um, uh, that is going to be successful into, into the future. And certainly more and more, we're now thinking about the next, what's going to happen next. And um, I think one of the things we always say, and this is something we've discussed at our client advisory board with our actual clients, is that um, I'm always interested in the options that financial planning has when the directors become too old and decrepit to continue anymore. And I think Dom and I both say we love what we do. We get an awful lot of um, pleasure out of what we do. We love working with our clients. So it, we're not sat around here thinking we're, want to hang off our boots anytime soon but we recognize also there potentially will come a day when that does happen and um so i think that that question of succession has become increasingly more important to us uh, and then we you, you start then looking at and investigating different things so you start looking at things like oh well what what do a lot of financial planning firms well, a lot of financial planning, planning firms just sell out you know potentially an easy option easier option if you like um they can you just think okay well i'll just go to an asset accumulator and go along to them um get my whatever it is five times ebitda or whatever the... when we when we look at that sort of model you start thinking mm, and you start looking at all the faces and the families and that you look after uh and even now their children that you're looking after and, and you just think could I actually look them in the eye and say, by the way, thanks very much for all your loyalty over the years. And um, uh, by the way, we've just sold our business to JP Morgan or someone and we're just going to disappear off into the, into the sunset. I think we find that quite difficult to, to uh, come to terms with, as it were. Um, so. Have well, you'd have to move away from us for share to start from. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I think we, we've, we've increasingly started to focus on how do we develop the next generation so that when we get to the point where we are ready to hang up our, our boots, as they say, that um, we've got people in place that are almost being developed and trained in a position where they can take the business forward. Now, how that actually looks like from a uh, technical perspective or whatever, we, we probably don't know right now. We, 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 it's something we are thinking about, we're investigating and thinking about it. But basically in terms of general philosophy, if you like, that's, that's, uh, that's our sort of thought process at the moment. Yeah, if I can just take that one stage further. Um, you know, we had this as an agenda item at our most recent client advisory board just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, unanimous feedback from our uh, uh, client representatives was uh, along the lines of, um, you know, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Um, what you need to focus on is keeping the people, not 
not building um, uh, uh, keep keep the people that you've got and have the structure there that there is a career opportunity for these people to move into. You know the the person or persons that eventually take on the the reins uh, may not be with you at the moment. Um, they might be, but they might not be. Uh, but if you create the uh, opportunities for good people, um, they will stay. So, for example, what what uh, one of the things that was spoken about was, you know, you're taking people up from you know from level zero to level four, and then level four to level six. And we know from experience that um, when people uh, uh, achieve these levels of qualifications, that's the the point at which they start looking around to see what else is available. Um, and if the opportunities aren't present at the firm that they're at at that particular time, uh, that's when they start to look around. And this has happened to us in the past, both from a, a, a negative point. We've lost people who were good because we didn't have the right um, uh, opportunities for them at the time. But, you know, our two power planners that we've got with us now uh, both came to us at the point where they got to level four and didn't have any opportunities to go anywhere else in their current business. Um, so we've seen that happen in real life. Um, and uh, so that's that's our strategy, uh, or that's what we're going to, to work on, is, is making sure that, you know, we have those opportunities there and we keep those good people that we've invested a lot of time, uh, energy and money into, uh, you know, at, at the at the critical points in their careers. Another thread from this conversation is your client advisory board. So talk to us a little bit about what the flip is the client advisory board? Who's on it? How do you run it just what is this thing right i know you're talking to you you're talking about it as though like every one of us know knows what client advisory board is uh, uh yeah i'm sure people have an idea but okay yeah um okay so so um the idea of the client advisory board is that we uh we have usually six sometimes one or two more than that, um, of our, uh, let's just say, our best clients. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean, uh, you know, best in terms of the biggest assets that we look after. Um, you know, maybe most suitable clients, uh, business, business people with business experience. Um, we try and get a mix of ages uh, and, and uh, gender as well uh, and experience. Um, so usually six people who meet uh, with us on a twice yearly basis and help inform our strategic decision making. Um, so uh, at the moment, or most recently, we've been doing that off site, uh, but hopefully from uh, uh, June next year, we'll be doing that on site because uh, we're just in the process of taking over the other half of our building um, because we've run out of space in in uh, in the west wing of the old dairy. So, um, yeah, six people 
who come together with us and we sit down and we talk to them. We usually have three or four topics that we want to talk about. Some are a recurring thing like um, succession planning. Uh, and, uh, you know, we talk about it. Uh, we talk about what we're thinking of doing, what problems we're having. And, you know, these people will um, ask us some pretty sensible questions, sometimes some quite difficult questions. Um, you know, and, we're not, and we are generally open and honest with them. And they help us hopefully make good decisions about where we go and what we do. If you, if you think about the privilege of being in a financial planning firm, particularly if you're like a lot of us will be sort of focused, well, not necessarily focused, but our clients tend to be more towards the retire, retirement age of life, as it were. If you think about the massive experience and knowledge that you've got within your client banks, and I think that uh, it's such a joy to be able to um, tap into some of their lifetime experiences and help us um, decide, help us make decisions about the future of fi our financial planning business and the things that we do. And it's just like, I, at first I thought, oh gosh, you know, this, this might be a bit tricky or it might be a bit awkward to be asking them to do it. But they absolutely love it. The people that come along and we do, we do mix it up. We do change the people that come so we get different viewpoints view and things. They actually love it. And in fact, they, they often say how much they've enjoyed it. And, and they often um, talk about how much they've got out of it themselves. We do have some young people on the board who join us who are also running their own businesses. And they, they learn something from it as well, just through the conversations we've been having. Um, and it is a, you know, is a, it's just a great forum to be able to um, put ideas on the table that you might have. And, you know, like Donna said earlier, sometimes they've, told us look you guys are overthinking it you need to focus on something different it's not that's not the problem that's not the issue you know you really need to be focusing on that but also to have a direct access to the very people you're trying to serve and get feedback from them on what what is important to them we've had some surprising things come up that we that you know we thought oh that that won't matter to clients at all and actually they're telling us completely different sort of things so yeah so it's, it's a great sounding board if you like um to be able to hear from them and uh, and and hear what they've got to say so. it's it's incredible so i want to start to to wrap this up then you know so it's taken in this case what 18 plus years to to be an overnight success um you know you've got a great team <laughs> a, gr a great business um you know, uh, you're laughing, Dom, because it's taking you 40 years to become an overnight. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, yeah. you've got a great team, a great business. Where where do you take this? Where where do you think that this could go uh, as as a business? You know, five million in in revenue. You know, two and a half. Where 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 where, where do you see this go? You know, our, our, our big, hairy, audacious goal, uh, as Brett would call it, is two million. Um, and uh, the biggest priority we have at the moment is uh, increasing capacity, because as we said earlier, John and I are, at, are more or less at capacity. Uh, so the Diamond Teams is a really important um, uh, uh, project that we're working on to do that. Um, we always want to be a boutique financial planning firm. Um, 
you know, we, we, we've got no aspirations to have, um, you know, lots and lots of advisors running around all over the country. You know, we, we want to provide a very, you know, a, a world-class um, financial planning service, you know, to, to, to clients on a, on a very personal basis. Um, and that, that's, where we're trying, that's where we're trying to get to. And, and that presents, you know, huge challenges, um, but it's also tremendously exciting. You know, I said, I said a few minutes ago, you know, uh, 10 years time, I'm going to be nearly 70, God forbid. Um, <laughs> do I still want to be doing this when I'm 70? Look, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I absolutely love what I do. I love trying to run the firm, trying to advise clients. I love working with, you know, with our young people and trying to bring them on and fulfill their potential. Um, yeah, it's it's such a wonderful challenge to have, such a great opportunity. Um, so I can't ever see myself hanging up my boots. Dom, I, I every time I meet you, I can't believe you're you know you're you're touching on sixty or whatever it is, because you're so fit. You're always sharing your pictures of uh, riding bicycles in somewhere in Europe. Uh, you know. I mean, you know, why not? Who says you can't be doing this one? My Garmin, my Garmin tells me that my fitness age is fifty, so uh, I'm going to take that, and uh, therefore I've got uh, plenty of time left ahead of me. Yeah, you, you've heard this thing about biological age versus chron- chronological age uh, thing. Let's yeah, that's see. it. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan, uh, you, you have the last word. But after all these years, he's eventually got me on a bike, and uh, but I'm not quite as fast as him at the moment. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think for me, I like success. Um, successes in a business like ours are successes ultimately to develop the business and the people within it to the point that actually they don't need you anymore. And it's like it's something none of us want to admit, and probably mm. none of us will find easy when that time comes. I, I you know, I, I've dealt with a lot of family businesses that have been through this, and. Um, uh, and I'm sure it's something that won't be easy. But if, if, if you can build a business to the point where actually you make yourself redundant, I think you've done a bloody good job. So I think that's how I'd sum it up. Yeah. And, and you know, working with our next generation, all being well, that won't be too far away. You know, maybe maybe three or four years. But, um, you know, if we can basically hand over the reins to them one way or another so that they're dealing with, you know, the vast majority of uh, uh you know, new and some existing clients, then, you know, we can gradually, over a period of time, make ourselves redundant, I should think. Good stuff. And, and Dom, you can spend more time riding bicycle. And I know, Jonathan, you're always in Africa. What is it that you're up to in Africa? Well, that's where my wife's from. Uh, and also she, um, well, we, we both set up oh, a, see, I didn't know uh, a charity. Yeah, we yeah. My wife's from Kenya, so um, that's that's uh, our main connection with Africa. Um, but also, we set up a charity that supports um, orphan children out here um, called the Nasio Trust. Um, and so she spends a lot of her time out here um, uh, running that. She's I think she's got a staff of something like sixty um, out here supporting probably nearly five hundred wow. children now through their ed- through their education and. Um, uh, medical care, feeding programs, all sorts of things. 
Um, uh, so she's sort of spending more of her, more of her time out here. And, you know, we've built a lovely home, so why not spend more time in the sun? I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, you know, short and t-shirts weather here today. So <laughs> that's that's incredible stuff. So you're recording this from from Kenya? I didn't know that. Yes, that's that. Look, gents, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you very much for being so generous with your time, with your experience and, and wisdom. And um, it's, it's certainly been a, a great pleasure, huge pleasure for me, not just, you know, having this conversation, uh, you know, with you, but, you know, learning and, and knowing you as, as professionals in, in our mighty profession and, uh, you know, watching your, your business thrive and, and make a difference to clients so thank you very much for, for your time thanks abraham thank good you. to see you as always i'll be remiss if i don't thank my incredible team who worked very hard to put this program together thank you thank you very much guys i'd like to thank our sponsors timeline retirement planning software and bytech low-cost flat fee model portfolio manager and to you our listeners thank you for your time i hope you've had as much fun listening to the program as we have making it you can find more about the show at retirementals.co.uk and you can follow me on twitter my handle is abraham on money until next time thank you